Thank you for watching and for our third episode. Today we actually have a live guest and his name is Nicholas Rice. He is a native Texan and he's also an actor and singer. Mm. And let's welcome Nicholas Rice hey. in our studio. What's up? <laughs> so Nicholas, let's start with um, what got you into acting? Uh, well, we can do a long version of that or a short version, so I'm going to try to go medium version, but uh, I was a worship leader for about 16 years, and God said, go into acting, and I said, okay. <laughs> uh, he gave me some opportunities to do so, and uh, it was a hard transition because I've never done acting before. I actually looked down on acting a lot uh, because of the role that I was in as a worship leader, but uh, as soon as he gave me a taste, I was hooked. So I was like, okay, you want me to do this? Let's do it. Let's do it right. So, so how did you get over, um, because you said you used to be a worship leader mm -hmm. and you used to look down on acting. Yeah. So how do you get over some of those challenging moments where you have to play a bad guy or you have to play something that mm -hmm. is against your moral standards? That, that's a good question. I actually uh, I have a friend of mine who traveled with me on the road when I was uh, doing worship leading and traveling at the same time. Uh, super smart friend. He didn't say much, but when he did speak, you listened because he had a lot of wisdom. Um, he was full of a lot of wisdom. And so I asked him, like, if, if I had to play, I was, I was really struggling with this, if I had to play the worst villain out there, and to me the worst villain that I've seen so far is the Joker, you know, from, uh, yes. from Batman. Uh, the way they wrote that character, they wrote that character to be the worst of the worst. Uh, they even wrote him to a, a facet of... If he cracked a joke and you weren't supposed to laugh, you laughed anyway just because that's how bad he was. And you're like, why am I laughing at this? And uh, that, that's how bad the character was. And so I was thinking to myself, can I play? Would I be able to play this type of character before I start going into this type of industry? And the way, his name is Aaron. Uh, the way Aaron said what he said next was, it was just so sweet, short, and profound. And I totally agreed with it. He said, Nick, I think because of your walk with Christ, you'll be able to do it easier to be able to separate character from reality. And I said, I like that. Okay. And so as soon as he said that, I was like, okay, let's go. Let's do this. And so now that every time I, and I played the bad guy, I played the good guy, I played the neutral guy. Um, it's so much easier to do so when I'm in character. And then whenever I'm not in character, you know, I'm me. And that, that that's easy to separate from me now that I know what he said. So. Now, is there a certain limit that you will not do in acting? For example, one of my guy friends, he loves to do horror flicks. Oh, yeah. And he said, but the one thing he refused to do is he refused to play a bad guy that's going to rape children mm. or batter women. He said he won't go that far, even though yeah. he knows it's not him. But he said, you know, that's the limit that he has. Do you have any limit? Uh, absolutely. Um <laughs> Uh, I think for any, regardless of uh, your faith, or your beliefs, or any kind of religion, I think you should have a list of things that you are not willing to do as an actor. 
Um, and those those things will be ranged from, from top to bottom, depending on who you are and how you're raised. But uh, me, I, I made that list very soon. So I, I won't do any sex scene, uh, regardless if it's uh, implied or not. Uh, when I say implied, like I, I was offered a lead role in a movie last year. Uh, I'm not going to say the name of the movie, but she was very, very gracious to offer me the role. She told me and gave me the script that there was a sex scene in it, and she talked me through it. Why she had uh, the sex scene in there was very vital to the story. Uh, and I told her, I was like, well, if you're not willing to, to change this, then I can't do it. And she's like, Nick, I totally understand, and I'm rooting for you if you can't do this. It's just I believe that this is a part of this story. We have to get the reaction of the woman to be able to tell this story. And I was like, okay. I don't necessarily believe that yep. because I believe uh, you, if you take out the sex scenes, your movie or your show is going to do better. Uh, the reason why is because the numbers speak for themselves. If you look at all the top box office hits, the top 10, you know, or the ones that have reached a billion dollars, even the ones that have reached close to that, none of them have sex scenes. Mm -hmm. you know, and <clears throat> there might be an exception, uh, like I think the first Deadpool might be an exception to that but um, <laughs> if you if you had to argue that Deadpool was the top grossing R-rated movie uh, but it was not the top grossing movie so if you would have taken that and made it PG-13 I believe that would have reached an entire more wide audience and people would have let their kids see it and you know stuff of that nature it's it's not necessarily comes down to my belief of what I believe should be in it but if you just look at the facts and look at the numbers your show, your movie is going to do better if you don't put that in there. Um, I I won't do any kind of hardcore cussing unless it absolutely calls for the role. Okay. Uh, so like if it, the best example that I can give is the uh, the movie Logan, Hugh Jackman, his last movie as Wolverine. Uh, he played a bitter old man. Everything was coming down on him. Uh, so he was cussing left and right. He was just mean to everybody, mean to the world. But as soon as his love came in, his daughter. Uh, that's what started chipping his heart and you can see that all that stuff started to diminish because he actually found a joy you know and so if it was something of that nature like it was kind of really really uh, vital to the character uh, I, I'll, I will never say GD I'm not going to explain what that is but I, everybody can understand right. what that is I'm not going to take a uh, guy's name in vain uh, so I'll do it for the character, but I'll fight the director on it if it is in there. And if, if I believe it's unnecessary, uh, then I'll, I'll ask, you know, can we just reword this? I, and the, if they say, no, I believe it's supposed to be like this, I'm like, well, hang on. Let me see if I can reword it and make it just as impactful without that. Um, now, if I read it and I see that it's, it's good for the story and it really needs that emphasis, um, I'll consider it myself. Uh, but I'll probably always try to fight that if I can. Uh, so if it's just like unnecessary, I'm like, it's, it's unnecessary. You don't have to have that, you know, it's, uh, I, I believe if you use too much profanity in your artwork, uh, then it's going to look more to me, it'll look more ignorant than anything. So, uh, I, I know that we can be more intelligent than that. So. Okay. So let's say that you're in a role, mm -hmm. but you're not the one that has the dialogue of obscene words, yeah. but another character, would that bother you? It doesn't bother me. Um, okay. And I've actually done short films and, and, uh, and other stuff that has had that. And the, it was pretty funny because the, the director and the, and the writer said, you know, I didn't even mean to do that. I just wrote you without any cuss words, but everybody else had cuss words. <laughs> and, uh, and I'm like, well, and that, that works for me. 
Um, <laughs> because it, it doesn't bother me being around it. Uh, it's just one of those like personal convictions that I have. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like I said, if, if it calls for it, then I'll then I'll do it. I went to a table read for a feature film one time, and it was kind of like a table read slash audition. Uh, and I was playing the Boy Scout good guy who ends up saving the day. And the director even pulled me aside and said, this guy, like, he, he doesn't know anything bad. Like, he grew up, he was a Boy Scout. He, he was a ex-military, did everything good. And so, But he had, like, two unnecessary cuss words in it. And I'm like, well, if he was this kind of good guy, especially if he was Boy Scout, he wouldn't say these cuss words. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't know the director that well at that time, and it was just a table read. So I went, I went ahead and went through with the table read. Uh, and saying those cuss words was like nails on a chalkboard. And I'm like, gosh, it was just so unnecessary. Uh, but uh, I'm still being considered for that role. And uh, hopefully I get it. And <laughs> if, if he does consider me for that and he, he uh, casts me for that role, then that's when I'll approach him and say, hey, if you really want him to be this kind of goody-goody, then he wouldn't say these things. You know? uh, and I, I think knowing the director that in the time that I got to meet him, he'll probably consider what I'm saying and be like, yeah, let's let's see how you know. Sometimes I'll just let you go through the lines and see how it turns out. And if it turns out better, then great. You just have to sell them on that scene. So, one of the things that um, I want to share because a lot of people don't know this <clears throat> on the new Lethal Weapon TV mm. series, yeah, I love it. Damon Wayans, he's also a faith, a, a person of faith. Is he the one of the leads? Mm-hmm. The the black guy. Black guy, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he played in uh, Major Pain. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, one of the things, he also had a standard because okay. he knew that he played a cop, he was going to shoot people. He said the one thing he will not budge is he refused to sh- do a shootout in a church. And some of the crew members got upset with him. He said, no, now I'll rescue or I'll tackle someone in church, yeah. but I will not carry a gun in church. I will not, I don't care if it's pretend. Yeah. He said, I have respect for churches and I will not cuss in there, nor will I do a shootout in there. And yeah. I thought that was very admirable. Oh yeah. You know, even though Absolutely. I don't follow the same faith that he does, mm-hmm. but I think it's great to hear about actors activists um, big celebrities that actually have certain standards and yeah, morals absolutely. and you know and it's funny because i was in taco bell and i was watching these group of high school kids mm-hmm. and i would hear them talking about among themselves saying oh you know what when i be a celebrity i want to do this and this and this kid he said well you have to be willing to bear it all <laughs> you know yeah. otherwise you won't get any gigs well that's not true because people didn't true. realize Naomi Campbell, she also had standards. Mm-hmm. She told her manager, do not give me any scenes that have sex scenes. Right. Now, she did one with her and Denise Richards, but that was a make-out scene. Right. She said she'll go as far as making out, but she will not do a full-blown nudity. She right. will not do a full-blown sex scene. Selena Gomez won't yeah. do a sex scene either. So there are, and then there's also tons. If you actually Google celebrities that actually have moral standards, mm-hmm. you'll actually see a list of them. Yeah. And you'd be surprised how many A-list actors that actually won't go full-blown that will say, right. okay, if you need to have a sex scene, I'd rather have a dummy. In, um, a stand-in. A stand-in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Rather, than a, um, rather than an actual them being the scene. Absolutely. Um, one of the things I, uh, because we only have a short amount of time, um, I want to also share about the, uh, we still have the GoFundMe. We actually have a possible three 
major deals. We're talking about studio. And so we're really pushing. Right now, we really need like five to $10,000 so that we can pay the legal fees and move forward with the negotiation with these three major studios. And I can't say what the studios are, but I can say it's very um, prominent studios. In similarity to like Lionsgate, Paramount Pictures, those type of studios. <clears throat> Next, we're going to show um, Darnell's video of the Every 40 Seconds Video Challenge. And what the video challenge is, is I'm, I'm encouraging all my friends to do a video challenge so we can build the momentum of this campaign. And we'll show the video and then I'll explain about the campaign. Hi, my name is Darnell Evans. On behalf of Energize Co., we are in support for standing against human trafficking by doing a challenge video. I will be doing 40 push-ups today. Now I challenge Chris to join me in the Every 40 Seconds Campaign Challenge video. Donate $40 or 40 push-ups or 40 sit-ups. Thank you. So that was Darnell Evans. He did our video challenge. So if anyone remembers the Ice Bucket Challenge. So what we're trying to do is we're trying to encourage everyone to donate a minimum of $40 or do something 40. Like you can do 40 donuts, eating 40 donuts, oh to four, doing 40 <laughs> jumping jacks, push-ups, sit-ups, anything like that. And so since Darnell had challenged a friend, um, would you be encouraged to join the challenge? Sure, yeah, why not? Uh, I can't get my hair to bounce like it, but um, yeah, I would... Uh, sure, yeah. <laughs> so all you would have to do is just do a video, a selfie video of yourself for up to one minute and okay. say, hey, my name is Nicholas Rice. I'm doing an every 40 seconds video challenge because I'm standing against human trafficking. Okay. And then you do whatever the 40. Whatever 40, okay. And then you then challenge someone else and say, hey, I challenge you either donate $40 or do 40 something. If they decide to do the $40, then they need to do a video saying, hey, I'm on my computer, I just donated $40 and then just showed the receipt. Okay. And then they'll say, okay, now I'm challenging someone else. Sounds good. So it has to be one minute in length because once we start creating a viral video, mm -hmm. we are going to send this out to like Ellen, Steve Harvey, Harry Conwick Jr., Dr. Oz. So that way we can start saying, you know what, we need to talk about human trafficking. Yeah, We absolutely. need to make this a topic. So... Um, since we were talking about you being an actor, one of the things I do want to share, especially in the film industry, um, there are so many young kids that want to be an actor, mm. actress, model, but there's also a lot of dangers to that when it comes to approaching certain people. Um, I'm going to share a little short story, and I shared a photo of the casino. So a couple of years ago, 
I was in Las Vegas and I was with a journalist and I noticed that she was taking pictures of girls in scantily clothes and I asked her what are you doing so then she said well I'm taking pictures of girls that could be trafficked and I said no when it comes to organized trafficking they are looking for girls that look innocent mm. so I went up to the bar and I saw this young girl and she was playing on the slot machines at the bar and she was underage but I tapped her on the shoulder and I said, is anyone sitting here? And she said, nope. So I sat next to her and that was all I did. So I'm just sitting there playing the slot machines myself. And I had, and then I asked her, I said, can I smoke a cigarette? I only used a cigarette as a prop right. because I've actually done um, undercover um, operations with the FBI to help with human trafficking cases. Right. So you have to blend into the environment. Right. So I looked at her and held up my box of cigarettes and I said, do you mind? She goes, oh no, my parents smoke. So I said, okay. So I was just smoking. And next thing I knew, I could see her looking at me and she said, so what do you do? And I said, I do films. I wasn't lying to her. Right. But let me explain this to parents. She immediately got a napkin and wrote her cell number down. Oh, wow. Handed it to me and says, I've always wanted to be on Nickelodeon, Disney XD. So I flipped the napkin over while she was talking. Mm -hmm. And I said, where are your parents and how old are you? And she said, I'm 15 and I'm from Nebraska. So why are you here in Las Vegas? She goes, we're celebrating my parents' anniversary. So I looked around and I said, where are your parents? And she looked around and she said, I don't know. Wow, that's, that's now, terrifying. Now, if I was a trafficker, mm-hmm. I would have been able to take advantage of that situation. I would have written my number down, knowing I had her number. Mm-hmm. I would have said, hey, meet up with me in about 30 minutes, because you want the window of time to be short. And say, you know, I want. are you going to be sitting here at the uh, bar? Yes. Well, meet up with me in 30 minutes because I need to gather up some people to help me kidnap this girl. Wow. That's what a trafficker would have done. Because, one, she doesn't know where her parents are at, even though it's broad daylight and it was in open public. Because people don't pay attention to what's going on. Yeah. If it doesn't affect them. So what I did was I turned over and I th- while I was writing the 1-800 number for the human trafficking hotline, I told her, I said, when I was 19, and I wasn't a minor, but I fell in love with a guy who said he was going to make me famous. And guess what? I ended up in the trunk of his car. Mm. And her jaw dropped. And I said, here's a 1-800 number to the human trafficking hotline. I said, legitimate agencies will not take your word for it. They will contact your parents. Two, I said, never, ever give your number out to anybody you ask for a business card even if you're unsure always ask for their business card and give it to your parents you never call them on your own it's really important and then also you'll see certain people that call themselves producers or photographers if they tell young girls you can come alone that's also a red flag so i want to share that and our the human trafficking hotline in case anyone is in danger it's 1-888-373-7888 and that is the national human trafficking hotline so if you have any questions on what you want to learn about human trafficking even in the film industry and one of the things i want to share real quick 
real quick. Now I sound like you know, Tweety the Bird, wee wee. <laughs> um, I am launching a scripted TV series. That's what the Every 40 Seconds campaign is about because it's more than a TV series. Nicholas Rice will be one of the uh, important characters in our series. And he's actually going to be playing one of the task force hey. agent. And um, we're really excited because the TV series is actually about a female survivor that teaches the FBI how to think like a trafficker. So it will be a little bit edgy. But one of the things, like you said, you have certain standards. Right. I've had other um, friends of mine that are being casted. They also th- said they have standards. Right. One of the things I don't have in my TV series and I didn't have in, in my film Eden, which was starting with Bo Bridges, we didn't have any sex scenes. We didn't even have any rape scenes rape scenes i want to make sure that we're not going to have that in our series i'd rather see you know buildings blown up than seeing sex scenes but that's just me (laughs) i would like to see a building blown up instead of a sex scene exactly (laughs) and so is there anything else you would like to share yeah yeah um for one i'm extremely excited about that opportunity because uh i get told all the time when it comes to my typecast one of them is definitely a like some sort of cop, FBI agent, or something of that nature. I, evidently, I carry myself that way. Uh, so to be able to do that on a TV show, like I, I always kind of dreamed I would be in a TV show like that. Uh, that's very exciting. I do have an upcoming film that I was casted for that's shooting. I'm, they're shooting right now, but my shooting dates are next week. Okay. Uh, it's called The Space In Between. If you go to my IMDb page, the Nicholas Andrew Rice, put in all three names, it'll pop right up. It's going to be one of the top four, the space in between. I'll be playing the main male lead role, uh, which is pretty much whenever you start the movie, it'll be in the beginning of the movie. It'll probably be on uh, Netflix or Amazon Prime, depending on who wants to pick it up. Uh, But it is a SAG film, so I'm very excited about that. Uh, And then I have another feature film that's coming up in uh, September that's uh, going to be, I'm pretty sure, a major motion, so it'll be in theaters. I'm playing a supporting role in that, but uh, that one I'm really excited about. Uh, and I also have an audition or a callback, so a callback tomorrow for another feature film. So um, nice. very, very excited. Yeah, a lot of, a lot of good things happening, and uh, hoping to become full time. Me and Darnell kind of have the same passion of wanting to get rid of our day jobs <laughs> and just just do the acting thing because we love it so much. Uh, so yeah, the, and I also have uh, my own project that Darnell helped me with. Um, it's called uh, Wolverine versus Caleb Doom. It's just a, a fan film that we'll be putting out on our YouTube channel. You can find the YouTube channel at Nick and Nate Productions uh, with spaces. So Nick, space, and space, Nate, space, productions uh, on YouTube. And it should be coming out, I'm hoping, late August. Okay. If all the editing can get done because you have to do a lot of animation in that. But, uh, yeah, really looking forward to that. So. And we'll be sending all the links that he was talking about, his IMDb, his YouTube video. We'll be sharing that on our page on Facebook, Velvet Brick Podcast, as well as the YouTube videos. I'll be adding those uh, links as well. Yeah. You can follow me on uh, Instagram as well, The Nicholas Rice, if you need to and if you want awesome. to. Also- I post stuff about... Um, <laughs> the acting <laughs> industry all the time. So if you have any questions, just let me know. Okay, so before we... Uh, um kind of end the show I have to ask your next feature film was also going to be the uh, 40 seconds challenge <laughs> what is the uh, right yeah. um, the challenge <laughs> that you're going to be doing of course because you've been challenged um, what is the hashtag <laughs> that you're going to that people can use to find it Chong 
Would you mind sharing? Hashtag every 40 seconds, seconds campaign. We campaign. need to add okay. the campaign because there is another every 40 seconds hashtag, but that is related to suicide. We don't want to get mixed up with that one. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yes. Okay, so every so 40 seconds, seconds campaign. campaign. Yes. Got it. I shall do that. Yeah. I've got a lot of friends I can challenge on that too. So. Perfect. Hopefully we'll get more donations and investments. Yeah, so. absolutely. Um, and if those of you who are interested in investing in our pre-production cost, there is a three to 5% um, equity. So when we launched the pilot, so let's say, for example, someone donated 5,000, if we engrossed in our pilot, let's say, I'm gonna throw this out, I'm being overly confident, let's say we make 25 million, they get three to 5% out of that. Uh-huh. So they're actually getting more money for their buck. And also on top of that, we'll also do promotions with their product. We'll also help them with marketing and all the other amazing things. And we'll also have the cast and crew wear their product if it's a clothing gear. And other than that, (laughs) um, if you have any questions, please comment below. Also give us give give us a thumbs up in our youtube channel don't forget to hit subscribe and we'll see you next time thank you (laughs) Bye. bye